Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Talk Cocky with me. So the time has come. The wait is over. It is Gamecock football season. So that means all of us people that do podcasts, we're going to pretend like we know what we're talking about. All the sports shows are going to pretend like they know what they're talking about. Absolutely nobody does, but we're doing it anyway because we love to do it. Today, I am joined with the one and only Rick Mella. We are going to break down what's going on in Gamecock world and then take a look at week one, Georgia State. Mr. Miller, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. That's literally how he tested his audio earlier. So I've heard the creepy hello, hello, hello about 17 times now. Just. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to start off that way. Yeah. Well, he, the audio was going in and out earlier. So a few times it was hello, hello, hello. I wish I had that recorded. That, that would have been great. Unfortunately, we're stuck with better audio than we had a minute ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's kick it off with the most amazing news story going on in all of the world right now. It's not gas prices. It's not inflation. It is the name of a live rooster that sits in the corner of a football stadium, and absolutely nobody knows it's there except for about three seconds a game when they put it on the beast board. Yeah, Formerly exactly. known as Cervix, but oh, we need to get a logo so it, he can be a, a logo there for a moment like Prince was. And then <laughs> the mascot, formerly known as Sir Big Spur, now the general. Yeah, we, we should have done a, a, a logo. Should have had a logo in there. Yeah. But the yeah, general. Another misfire our uh, athletics department. Uh, that dang Ray Tanner, I swear, can't give us a, a symbol for live mascot so we could have followed Prince's path. How generic can you get with the general? I mean, oh. it, it is as generic as it comes. It's It's – Plainly, simply, to make sure that nobody gets offended. But people are. (laughs) But people people are. are. It's, I don't care. I'm going to be honest. Like, I like it. But at the same time, I don't care. I I was rooting for General Spur. I was rooting for that. Well, from what I've seen, and I I think a lot of it's just hearsay anyway, but I wonder if there was one, I wonder if they were not allowed to use certain words from the previous name and the previous owners. And two, I wonder if they specifically did not want to use any of those words because it seems like there was a little bit of a, a, a tiff there. And as, as far as that argument, I yeah, see, I see, it. I see both sides of it, but um, it was ticky tacky. <laughs> yeah, it's, I get what the original owners mean. Yes, having the comb there or not having the comb is part of what makes it a game cop. Yes, because in actual cockfighting, another rooster is going to grab onto that and use it to an advantage. However, our mascot is actually not named after a fighting game cock in cockfighting. It's named after Sumter. Therefore, the comb doesn't come into a huge play because it's not a direct tie to cockfighting, which is illegal and it is bad. But so I I get the original point. Yeah, I I get their original point. 
but again, it's not tied to that. So I think there should be a little leeway, but here we are. We've got the general. If anybody lost a single second of sleep over this, you have personal issues and problems and should seek professional help. Hey, at least, at least people will start talking about the cleats and start talking about the name. Again, I, I think that was the problem. Whoever came up with the name, the general was obviously wearing Under Armour cleats and the discomfort and pain from their injuries specifically driven by Under Armour cleats because as a company, you want to design your product to where it hurts the wearer and especially athletes that could then endorse your brand and make you millions of dollars. You want to specifically put things into those cleats or not put things into those cleats to where it injures them and they hate your product. But yeah, cl- clearly the entire staff that decided on this name was wearing Under Armour cleats, hurt themselves, was in miserable pain. It was like, oh, I don't care what we do. My foot hurts the general. And everybody said, oh, yeah. So the bane of all poor decisions in South Carolina athletics can strictly be tied to Under Armour cleats. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Not, I, I was I was like okay it was an it was non starter non non conversation for me I was like whatever let's roll with, roll with it well and I always love the people oh let's go jump man why well because kids love it okay have you have you does it come down to that I'm sure there's been a player or two that couldn't decide and they're like yeah this one's Nike this one's Under Armour I think I prefer that but. I have never in my life heard a recruit go, I've decided for the next three to four years to take my talents to Michigan because they wear Jumpman. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, I get that players may prefer one or the other. I prefer Ford over Chevy. I drive a Jeep. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, it's... Yeah. Again, I think some people may make that choice or that could kind of make a a little notch in the belt for a school. But to me, it blows my mind that anybody thinks a kid will make a literal decision based solely on that. Yeah. It's, again, people have to have something to complain about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is true. But since we are talk- doing the Under Armour talk, let's just slide into the second most discussed topic of this time of year. The only thing that matters come Saturday, what we're wearing. What uniform combination is your go-to? What do you want to see us come out week one, Georgia State? And garnet black black shirt and garnet pants with the garnet helmet. Ooh, you're talking my language. That that would be killer. But it's September. It's a night game. It's freaking hot. It's not going to happen. It's a night game, and it's not supposed to be too too hot right now. Yeah, still warm ups, but yeah, I get what you're saying. See, it's actually funny you say that, and anybody listening, all three of you. Uh, we did not have this plan because 
I think you're the only person on this planet that agrees with me on that. I don't understand why we have not had more black and garnet or garnet and black combinations. Yeah, I mean, it's the colors. Yeah, and it looks good together. <laughs> yeah, it does. Look, purple. That's yeah, all it, I'm going to say. It, it, it's one of those that every time we've worn it, I'm like, damn, that looks good. And then the next game, we go right back to garnet, garnet on garnet or black on black or I mean, you know, whatever garnet, on white. All garnet would be cool, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that, fire ants and all that. But I love the black and garnet combo. And it's amazing how many people say, oh, I, I don't like it. I'm like, it's literally our color combination. It is literally our colors. How do you yeah. not like it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It blows my mind how many people despise that combination. But I, I would love to see that too. I think we'll, I think week one will probably come out, especially it looks like we are, um, you know, we're doing Clowney's jersey at halftime. I did see where Byron, uh, not Byron Jared, uh, Dixon Jr. posted that they're now doing a 2010 to 2013, uh, like recognition at halftime as well. So I think Coach Beamer is going to, which he's also came out that he's not a huge, huge fan of going wild and crazy on uniforms, which is fitting since he came from Spurrier. But uh, I think we'll come out with that same setup that we used to under them, white white helmets, garnet shirts, white pants. That's kind of a one, one that's our uniform combination that we typically always go with, but two also a little nod to to that area. Or the era, I guess I should say. I, I can see that happening. I could see that happening. I definitely think we're going to have white lids. We're definitely going to yeah. have white lid. Yeah, that, that's kind of where he goes um, a good bit. Which I think he'll, I think he'll start to add some different combinations in there. But I think week one, that's probably well where we will go with that one. Um, now the question is. Who's going to be wearing those uniforms? Um, had a little injury update here, but to my knowledge, the the two main ones was Christian Bill Smith, Kai Kroger. Um, I know there was some internet rumors based on the the cleats joke that we were making earlier. Uh, there were some internet rumors that potentially another player was having some foot injuries. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday. Coach Beamer hasn't had his. Uh, weekly press conference yet so maybe some of that might be announced this afternoon we haven't heard it yet as of right now those are the only two that i've heard of uh have you heard of anyone else uh no not really i mean there there have been rumors and like birch and Anton, antoine wells and things like that but nobody specific that beamers actually said yeah i i, I haven't I haven't heard of anybody else uh, until it comes out of the head man's mouth. <clears throat> it's yeah. it's rumor and garbage to me. Uh, I know some people have their sources. They're they're they've got ties in with the team. That's cool. Maybe you know. Uh, we, we saw where some people wanted to release that a certain player was committed before he was, and then he got railroaded over it because he had his sources. But, you know, we're not going there. We're not going there. We don't. 
We don't fight with other pages on the internet. Often. I, 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 don't, I don't deal with speculation. <laughs> well, there was, I, I've actually had a few sources in my past and my whole thing is I don't go to the internet for it. Cause for me, it's my knowledge and the person trusting me with it. I don't care to be first with any kind of information. It 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 doesn't bother me. I'm I'm not getting paid for this. We're doing this for fun. No, I'm not a celebrity. Not trying to be a celebrity. When I go to games, like I don't want people. Uh, like none of that matters to me. I'm just sitting here hanging out with some people, talking Carolina football, whatever the sport is at the time. If I get some inside sources, it's for my knowledge, and I might share it with a couple people. That's it. But anyway, back to the. Topic at hand, not random gibberish that nobody gives a crap about. Uh, they did release the depth chart yesterday afternoon. So we are looking at QB1, Spencer Rattler. I don't that, believe. That, that was going without saying. So. What, 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 was, that a, was that a surprise? Uh, no that surprise. Spencer, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it was down to the wire. I, I, I think they probably made the right decision there. Uh we are seeing, which I think it kind of eased some of the debate with Christian Bill Smith with his foot, ankle, whatever injury that he fell down a little bit. Uh, Marshawn is getting the starting spot at running back with Juju or CBS. Um, we are trotting out two tight ends, at least as far as the depth chart's concerned, with Stog on one end and, and Bell on the other. That's a good combo right there. I mean, gracious. You got those two guys lining up up the middle, and then you got Lloyd in the backfield. That's uh, that's trouble around the line of scrimmage. The, your backers and everybody's not going to be able to cheat back to cover your receivers. And if we can block for them. Not, not, not with Bell. Mm-mm. Yeah, if we, uh, if we block for him, he's as good as a He's as good as another receiver, basically. Mm-hmm. Our wide oh yeah, uh, well, I mean he he's one of those guys. The only reason he's at tight end is because he's a little bit bigger frame, but yeah. he, he he can play anywhere you put him. Um, wide receiver looks like it's fairly wide open at all positions. They're not they're not naming a specific starter probably because they want to see what package they run out first. Um, one slot you got Leggett with. Wells Jr., the other you got Amarian Brown, DK, Corey Rucker. Then at the third, Josh Van and Jalen Brooks. If any of those guys go out and line up in any spot, I'm comfortable and happy with it. Yeah. Comfortable and happy there. Uh, then on the line, you've got Nichols, Lee, Douglas, Gwen, Wanham, uh, Wanamaker behind Wanham there at right tackle. It's a very seasoned offensive line. What they say, we've got 130-something snaps for those guys, our games. Something like that. Yeah, so uh, really seasoned there on the defense. Up front, you got Birch on one end, uh, Zach Peekins, Alex Huntley. I don't think those three are even uh, Jordan Strayan on the other side. I don't think that's any big surprise with the front four. I think that's pretty much basically where we all expected. Brad Johnson locking down 
the wheel with Debo behind him. And then Mokaba getting the start at middle with Sherrod Green behind him. I think that's probably a little bit more with, with Green coming off the injury. They're probably going to want to watch his snap count a little bit, ease him into there. And then one of the interesting things that I've noticed, which we don't have a huge amount of depth in the backfield, um, but you got Cam Smith at nickel with, with Spalding behind him. Then Marcellus Dallet, cornerback, Darius Rush at the other side, R.J. Roderick, and Devonnie Reed are your CBs and safeties. Behind every single one of those guys in the two and three deep, if they posted it, are all freshmen. All true freshmen. I tell you that back, we do have O'Donnell Fortune at one of the CB spots. Uh, he's not a true freshman coming in, but that tells you pretty much what this staff thinks about last year's CB recruiting class. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's uh, that's some high praise, and I've heard a ton. I know a lot of the players and coaches have said it in their press conference, but Nikki Imanwari, I believe it is, uh, him and uh, and Kajuan Banks. There's been a lot of talks about how they're they're showing up. Specialists, I mean, not really much to say until we see them on the field, but uh, pretty much the same guys that we've seen mentioned in all the press conferences and, and all of that. I think the big question is going to be is, will Kai be able to come kick? In a perfect world, Kai's able to dress, come to play, and we just don't need him. Yeah. That would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, we, we can let, that means the offense is rolling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with Kyle being healthy, being able to play, but not having to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm the same way. And I'll be honest, if he never sees the field again in his career, I'm fine with that too. I'm sorry, Kyle. I realize that would not be great for your future career, potentially in the NFL. But if we never have to punt the ball again because we're scoring touchdowns every single drive, I'm fine with that. I take that. I definitely take that. <laughs> All without, right. Without question. So, looking to Georgia State now, uh, what's your first impressions on them? Well, Georgia State is going to the, – the game is going to be a lot tougher than people think. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've been hearing scores like, you know, 21 points, 21-point 20, win, 17-point win. And unless our run defense, which was ranked 94th last year, is – or actually 57th. It was ranked 57th, sorry. But we did horrible against the run. Really horrible. And Georgia State had the ninth leading rushing attack last season. They average 226 yards a game. Yeah, and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a question what their game plan is gonna be. I would not be surprised if I'm not gonna say that they'll come out guns a blazing to try to throw us off. Uh <clears throat> I would not be surprised to see some play action early to really back us off. 
But um, I'm of the mindset. I wouldn't be surprised if the first three plays were pass plays. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, probably not downfield because theoretically, it, if our argument is that we're wanting to take that next step, we should have guys that should be able to handle their line. And we should have guys that should be able to make those plays. Will they's the question. That, that's that's the thing with week one is, you know, we, we've seen these guys spark at times in the past. Uh, so we need, we need Boogie and all those guys up front to finally jail, to finally come together and to, to take that step. So if we, if we're wanting to take that next step in the SEC, that next step as a program, I think we need to come in, and again, they're going to get their yards. We're not stopping them to ne- under fifty. Not, I wouldn't even be surprised if they hit over a hundred. Like, that's not what we're trying to do here. But control them, keep them out of the end zone. Um, I, I, I think, bend, I think Coach Elliott, a bend don't break kind of. Uh, yeah, defense. and and that's why I agree with you to a point. I don't think. This is not going to be an Eastern Illinois game where it's what was it sixty three to nothing whatever we beat them last year week one. Yeah, this is not this is not that game. Yeah, this this ain't that game. Um, I think we should see defensively. I think we'll probably see them gain yards on us, but we keep them out of the end zone more times than not. Uh, I think that's where the score could extend a little is I think we'll be able to, and I hope we'll be able to actually keep them out of the end zone, keep them to kick and field goals, and then our offense should be scoring touchdowns. Yeah. This, to me, is one of those games that, and again, it's week one. We're Gamecocks. We historically don't do well in week one, so it's it's hard to really kind of raise that bar and expectations. Well, Georgia State was uh, ranked 84th in total defense last year. So, I mean, they're not stellar on defense. Yeah. So, we should be able to score and often. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not they shorten the game by their running attack. True. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think they will. That, that'll be their game plan because Elliott is a very smart coach. Yeah. I love him. I I don't think he was ready to be our, our head coach at that moment. Uh, so I, I still don't disagree with that. Uh, wish him nothing but the best except for Saturday. But he is a very smart coach. And he's going to know time management, work that clock, limit how many times Spencer Rattler gets that ball in his hands. Um, but, yeah, when we get in plus territory, it's got to be seven. Because if, if you look at those early – 2010 years where we were winning 10, 11 games, and you look at any other time in our history since, say, 2000, since people started paying attention, the main difference between Coach Spurrier's teams that were winning double digits and six, seven, eight-win teams were touchdowns versus field goals. It's getting the ball deep in plus territory, getting a touchdown, instead of kicking a field goal. That's the difference. So if you want to be a a top-tier team or if you want to compete with those guys, 
Got to put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. So with that, who scores the first touchdown? And we're going to go a little bit out of order. So I do have a little bit of a template, but we're going to go a little out of order since we're talking about scoring touchdowns. Who scores the first touchdown for South Carolina on Saturday? I say Bell. I, I think it's going to be Bell. On a handoff or on a catch or on a throw? That That's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's ever mentioned that. Uh but I would not be surprised if they didn't throw something in there. I'm yeah, sure he'll probably run like a wildcat. Yeah, I think we'll probably put him in a wildcat, him and DK or something. Uh, I would not be surprised if there's not one play somewhere deep in the playbook with him with the ball in his hand. But anyway, get back to it. Bell scores first touchdown, how? Uh, rushing. Okay. I, uh, think he's gonna, I think he's going to be basically a – uh, Wildcat with DK and him in the backfield, and it's a direct snap to him, and they score. So I am actually going different route. I'm going with AB, Marion Brown, and I'm doing that for the exact opposite reason that you're taking Bell. <clears throat> I think they're going to be locked and loaded on Bell, and we're going to run – A.B. straight down the sidelines for an old-school backyard bomb play, go route, straight down the sideline. Spencer's going to hit him in stride. I'm going to call it 65-yard touchdown. Oh, I'd love to see that. (laughs) Drive one, they blow the roof off of a stadium that does not have a roof. Uh, But that's my call. If it's not that – if we have to kind of put together a little bit of a drive, I'm still saying first drive of the game's a touchdown. Uh, if we have to put together a little bit of a drive, I say Spencer hit Stog for a touchdown. I think he'll look for his old teammate and uh, <clears throat> and pull that out. Either way, I think he'll get him one uh, Saturday. But if it's not A.B. on a go route, I'm going Stog kind of over the middle, deep in the red zone. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Man, well, what if what works? I mean, it's I mean, basically, Carolina. When we score a lot of points, it's never been really through the air. We've True. had a better rushing attack, and Bell is rumored by Satterfield to be Debo 2.0, mm-hmm. which means he's going to play everywhere. And I just think that would be something that they didn't prepare for because they know what he is as a receiving threat. So. Well, I won't even say that they won't prepare for it. I don't think they're going to be able to stop it either way. Yeah. I, I, I highly doubt they'll be able to stop it. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit. Unless the touchdown is scored on the first play. What's your first offensive play of the game? First offensive play, we're going to go conservative. We always go conservative. It'll either either be that that bomb to Amari Brown or it'll be Marshawn Lloyd 
off tackle. So I was actually thinking Lloyd up the gut or a screen. And I'm I'm thinking screen for the fact of everybody's going to think first play of the game, let's show off Spencer's arm. Um, so I, I think Georgia State may come out and try to put some pressure early, see if they can get to him, expecting a deep route ball and hoping and praying their guys are able to stay with, with our receiver. Um, so I think we may see them bring some pressure and us just do a little bitty dump off to Lloyd, which, dang, that goes completely against my touchdown theory. So maybe we call a fair catch on the kickoff, screen to Lloyd up to the, what, 35-yard line, and then the bomb to, to A.B. There it is. That's the first draft. <laughs> Way to rationalize things, sir. Yep. I, 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 give me a moment. I will do play-by-play play for the entire game. That That's the new podcast, play-by-play play predictions for every single game. It will be the most boring four hours of anyone's life. So, especially, uh, especially if we run the ball all the time. <laughs> down one, run up the gut, no yards. Second down, run up the gut, loss of two. Third down, run up the gut, no yards, punt. Hey, now we're not we're no, we're no longer in the mush champ era. Come on, come on, man. That 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 one was too easy to give up. Uh, so let's flip the ball over to the other side. Last year, we led the league in defensive turnovers. That's a That's been a huge part of our success recently, even Muschamp's first season. Um, huge part of success is going to be getting turnovers. Do we get a turnover Saturday? And if so, who gets the first? Well, I, I think it's going to come from our linebackers. I think it's going to be a fumble recovery because Georgia State – was lost seven fumbles last year. The man did his homework. Yes, he did. <laughs> I told you I did my research, man. Oh yeah. But uh, they're a little they're a little prone to the fumble, so I, I'd say Mokaba was a fumble recovery after a uh, uh, hit in the backfield by Birch. Ooh. See, he's learning. We want specifics here. We want the, the goody details. <laughs> Give me the full plate. Uh, I can see a linebacker fumble recovery. I'm actually also going fumble recovery, but I'm going wide receiver route catches, and then Devonnie Reed comes in and shows everybody why I think he's the next DJ Swearinger as far as safeties that come down and lay the boom. Um I say Devonnie Reed comes in, lays somebody out, whether receiver or whether running back may squeak through to get to the, the upper level. He puts somebody on their butt, ball comes out. Either linebacker or I'll say R.J. Roderick scoops it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with a fumble with you, which is, we- which is weird since we had so many interceptions last year. But overall, you've kind of already – peaked on a little bit. I guess we both have. How do you see the game going kind of overall? It it really, really depends on our defensive game plan. 
And if our run defense improves, because I can see it being one of two scores. Our run defense it has improved, and everybody's gelling. In which case, I'd see somewhere around the forty-one to seventeen mark as a as a score. But if the run defense is still struggling then it would be a, a much closer score. It would be like 31-24. Okay. Uh, I, I can see both of those. Um, <clears throat> from, from what I've taken from preseason, from the defensive guys and how they've been talking about the scheme and everything, it seems like we're doing, which we did a good bit last year, but it seems like we're really going heavy man-to-man. That tells me the focus is, hey, guys, y'all have got to lock down these receivers. We're taking the front seven, and we're bringing heat. Uh, Whether we blitz every time or not, you know, that to me, that's how I take all of that is we're bringing heat on passes, and our main focus is line of scrimmage, stop the run, get pressure on the quarterback. Y'all hold the receivers long enough to let these guys get there. With that said – I think you'll – that always leads you to one or the other. You either stop the run or you completely whiff on it, and then they pick up some yards. So I'm with you. If if we come out – if we're able to really shut down their run, and I'm not saying we do, uh, and I'm fine with that. Like I said, 100 yards, 150 yards, I'm perfectly fine with all that. Also Uh, get the yards. Yeah, they're going to get those yards. That's not the issue. Um, if we're able to to shut it down, big, big key, sidebar, big key, third down conversion. We have to stop teams on third downs. That's always been an Achilles of ours. Uh, I think that should be a very big priority. But if we're able to do that, you know, like we said earlier, I don't see their defense – really be unless our offense is just completely out of whack has a terrible day spencer can't hit the broad side of the barn um i think we hit the 40s on offense and and i'm with you i think they'll probably be around 14 17 20 points somewhere in there if things go right that that's my best case scenario i have have them around touchdown maybe two potentially late in the game um, with some field goals, and then I scoring a, a few touchdowns along the way. If if we have some gaps in the defense, I still see us being able to score kind of at will, you know, the th- 34, 35 points, but they'll probably be more 21, 28. Uh, I think that yeah, was pretty close to what you had, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's a uh, – I think it all comes down to defense and what we're, if we're able to slow them down. It base, basically our run defense against their rushing attack. Yeah. I mean, they average 20, 226 yards, but on our worst day, I don't, I don't think they're going to get there. I don't, I don't see that. And I, mean, it, I just, I just don't see that because they, the, the only team, only power five teams they played was I believe um I know they played Auburn tough. Mm-hmm. 
but let's see. They uh, actually played Auburn, North Carolina, and North Carolina trounced them 59-17. And then they played Coastal Carolina tough and won. But, I mean, outside of North Carolina and Auburn, they didn't really play any Power 5 teams. Yeah, and I think everybody's got them as a Cinderella story because they finished so hot. Uh, they had a handful of games at the end of the season where they were just unstoppable and super, super hot. The fact remains, it's Georgia State. So if we, again, if we want to be that next level, if we want to be an SEC contender, if we want to even be an SEC East contender, you need to go out. And again, I'm not expecting a blowout. And win comfortably. Yes, you should go out and control the game. 10 to 14 points is is comfortable. Yes, yes. Go out, control the game, and take your starters out in the fourth quarter, still be able to control the game at that point. Because that's where, to me, it's all about depth as far as taking that next step. I believe we have the talent on the starting roster to compete with anybody on our roster. On our schedule, the question is going to be: Is when we bring in the two deeps, are they good enough and talented enough to still compete, to still keep it close, to make stops, to make plays? Um, if they are, this is the game that when they come in, you shouldn't see a drastic drop off. You should still see the offense rolling. Maybe get a little vanilla with some plays to just you know not run it up because I don't I don't think Coach Beamer is going to be that guy that you know, Spurrier in his Florida days of, hey, we scored 80. If you didn't want us to, you should have stopped us. I don't see him as ever really being that guy. Uh, I'm okay if he is that guy one game a year because we need one of those. But, um, yeah, I want to see our our guys come in fourth quarter, still be able to make stops on defense, still be able to make plays on offense, and that will tell me a lot going forward. Yeah, I I mean – Basically, I mean, really, if our offense gels, really, I mean, I mean, I, I say about our run defense, but let's let's call it like we see it. They were on the field 30, oh, yeah. 30 plus minutes a game. They were worn out by the fourth quarter, and people were running at will against us mm-hmm. by that point. I mean. So a lot of our run defense issues is because we did not do well offensively. Yep. A lot of three and outs, especially early in the game. If if South Carolina actually runs an effective offense and scores, then I think we'll take care of business. Yep. I think we'll take care of business because Georgia State isn't talented enough defensively to keep up with a effective offense. Agreed. And going to ask you one more before we head out. I did not even put on the lineup, did not even plan on asking you. So if you're not prepared for this, sorry, but too bad. You got to give me a number anyway. Um, we are still technically in preseason. We've all seen some of our other predictions that I've made in, uh, Jay Fru and Stavi and Paul made on our last episode. 
So, Mr. Miller, where do you see the 2022 Gamecocks regular season ending? Where What's final final predictions uh, record-wise? Well, my heart, I, if I go with my heart, it's 12-0, and 0, baby. It's 12-0. <laughs> But realistically, I would say seven and five is the is the basement, mm-hmm. and nine and three, ten and two. Yeah, is about is about where we're going to land. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I think our absolute basement is seven and five. Anything less than that, there was probably major injuries across the board. Uh, those damn cleats again. I'm sure. <clears throat> oh, we had concussion issues. It was the cleats. They tripped. Um, we won't get back on that soapbox. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I think to do that, it would need to be major injuries or well, we, some kind we, of catastrophic issue. And if if we if we fall below seven and five, I think that would be a massive hit to the program as far as recruiting. I think you would see guys jumping. That's why I say bar minimum to continue the program, to continue the, well, the push is 7-5. But if we only win seven, let, let's call it with, with I'm going to pull we, hair out. We use, we won seven games last year with literally four quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was no consistency. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, it was up and down all year long because we had no consistency at the most important position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's bar and minimum unless, and up. Unless Spencer does not go down or does go down, I don't see us getting around the six and six. No, I, I just don't see it. I, I see us. I, I'm not asking Spencer to be you know Heisman favorite type player. If he wants to, that's fine. If he wants to, that's fine. But where he gets into trouble is when he tries to do too much. And hopefully he's just good enough and on the mark and let the receivers and the and the skill positions do all the work. Yeah. And I, I think, too, with Oklahoma, his time there, Oklahoma was a, a home run swinging offense. It's swing for the fence every time. If you strike out, fine, whatever. Swing for the fence, swing for the fence. And when you get into that mentality, you hit some of those home runs. And then when there's a pitch that's just a little outside, you're like, oh, I can still crush this. And that's when you get in trouble. And I, I think that's what happened to him is he got so in the in the flow of I'm hitting every single one of these passes, rock star mentality, like, Boom, I can do it all. Everything's flowing perfectly for me. And and then when some of those chips started to fall, I, I think he struggled to step away and go, okay, I need to slow down, get back to what I do right, get back to hitting these plays. And and our offense, from what I – in comparison, I don't think we're going to put him in that situation. He got benched and still was able to complete 70% of his passes. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that all day long. I'll take that all day long, twice on Sunday, yeah. and give me an extra day because if 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 Spencer even remotely comes close to seventy percent completion rate at South Carolina, he's going over three thousand yards. Yeah, 
He's, Especially he's, with these receivers. And we're definitely going over the five and five, six and six, seven and five mm-hmm. type record because they won't know what hit them. Yeah. It, it, let's let's call it like we see it. You know, I mean, seriously. If if Spencer does seventy close to seventy percent completion rate, he's gonna have three hundred plus yards a game. It's 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 bound to happen. Depending on the game and if we if we leave him in, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think uh, if he comes out and hits any of those numbers remotely close to what he was in Oklahoma in this offense with the guys that we have, but then also with the backfield that we have, he's not going to have to throw three thousand passes a game, and and some of those are going to be screenplays that we're going to be dropping off to CBS, um, Juju and Lloyd and. Even if we pull in um, Lavoisier, I mean, we've got so many guys behind the line of scrimmage that when we hand the ball off or if we dump it off the screens, they can make plays, which is going to bring those DBs up, those safeties up. I think we have a really scary offense, but we got to see what they do. Uh, Mr. Miller, appreciate you joining. Everybody listen, drop down in the comments, let us know where we're wrong or how we're right, because we are right, you're wrong, shut up. Um, usually, Rick, you're you're one of the ones that listens and comments on everything, so maybe you can just, like, comment anyway, so I feel good that somebody's listening and commenting away. But anybody else, feel free to chime in, let us know how we did. It, it's football season. We got we got Game yeah, Cup football there. on Saturday. It, it's here. It is, it's Christmas in August. Yep, and if anybody's still listening, if you are going to the game, Check out the Gamecock Eats Twitter meet and greet tailgate. I'll be there since I run Gamecock Eats, and that would be kind of weird if I didn't show up tomorrow on tailgate. Uh, But drop by, come say hello. Looks like we're going to have a pretty decent crowd. It's just meet and greet, not screwing up all your your tailgate plans. But we're going to close it out like we always do. Hit them with that demo. Go Gamecocks.